Welcome to the fifth episode of Demol Belgi Argentina Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Hamstone, and joining me as always is the Canadian troll who has the face of a 45-year-old, Logan Saunders. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. This is another fantastic episode. We're getting into the bit of the season where I look at the challenge list that Brindles has wonderfully provided us with and go, oh my god, we are in the murderer's row of episodes in this season now. Granted, there wasn't really that many weak challenges in the beginning of the season. No, but then you have this episode with the brilliant loved ones visit, and then you have the next episode with the subway game, the Yoka game, and the save Hannah from the Beats Place game. I forgot all three of those challenges are in the same episode next round. Yeah, it's it's one of the consistently best episodes of Belgian Mole next week. It's so good. As you might have guessed, I rewatched it again earlier. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're jumping ahead. <laughs> we are. Yeah, no, no spoilers, obviously, but it's a wonderful episode. So, previously, the final seven flew to Buenos Aires. Hannah, Kathy, and Jill were taken on a taxi tour by Bruno and Isabel, but only through the power of music. Stein and Thibaut got to sniff their way to success before everyone went out drinking. When they arrived in La Plata, it was every man for themselves as they competed to first win and then defend an exemption at the Hippodrome. Hannah managed to conceal her win, so was safe at the execution, but it was Isabel who was left holding the poodle and was sent home. You know, there's one, it's one thing to hold the gun, but it's another thing to hold the poodle. Or a poodle with a gun. Woof, woof. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this thing has more bark than bite. <laughs> and as is traditional, before the titles roll, we open with a random scene. This one is all the loved ones meeting up to become the secret society at the airport on day 11. And for some reason, the airport is labelled as Zaventum, rather than Brussels Airport, like normal people. And I have googled it, it is the town where Brussels Airport is. But still, just call it Brussels Airport. They should have put them in uh, Charleroi Airport. <laughs> you get the choice of any Ryanair flight you want. <laughs> and, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Stein's girlfriend, you didn't check in early enough, so you don't get to put your uh, bags on the plane. The great thing about flying Ryanair is that just like at the start of this season, nobody who's flying Ryanair knows exactly where they're going, because they could be aiming to go to Buenos Aires, but actually they end up in Quito. That'd be the longest Ryanair flight ever. Oh god, can you imagine? Ryanair is the one that tried to charge to use the loo at one point, and they also tried to um, to get standing seats included before they were told that that is not just illegal, that is very illegal. Very illegal, aka dangerous. Just to try and fit more people on the plane, they wanted to um, to get rid of some of the toilets and also install standing seats. And I'm pretty sure we've mentioned this on the podcast before because seriously, we both hate Ryanair. I can't remember if I caved in with flying with them uh, when I was in Europe last time. No, I, I think he, I think we discussed it, and and you said I'm never flying with them again. They're awful. Oh shit! No, I did fly with them once on my last trip, but not too long after the Belgian Mall finale, I think. The Belgian Mall finale? That doesn't sound familiar anymore. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like we're spoilers recording this on the day of the uh, Greece Belgian Mall finale and going hot for hot for We're not there. <laughs> we were just talking before the recording, going, yeah, it's been a weird day because we should be in Antwerp right now with Logan horrendously flirting with Davy again. <laughs> and it's just not happening. Jesus Christ. Just wait till next season. That's all I'm saying. I am going to go in on that joke. <laughs> I think I may have flown Ryanair. Yeah, I think it was because 
which other airline would I be flying with to land? Because I landed in Charleroi Airport. That'd be Ryanair, wouldn't it? I can't think of who, what other carriers would be at the Charleroi Airport. It is a very Ryanair thing to do to fly to Charleroi and claim it's Brussels. Yeah. So anyway, we meet all the loved ones. We meet Kathy's brother David, Thibaut's girlfriend Lean, Bruno's girlfriend Sarah, Jill's mum else, Hannah's nerdy boyfriend Tim, and Stein's forgotten girlfriend Charlotte. And they laugh for some reason about there being so many men left. I don't know why that's so funny. Oh, oh, oh uh, there's more men than women. Isn't that a real knee slapper? Oh, man. They're going to freaking, like, pass out from laughter once they see the Mexico finale. Oh. <laughs> what? Three dudes in the finale? <laughs> Do you even women? So, at the start of the proper episode, Papa Bear announces at breakfast on day 12 that it is the loved one's visit today. But before that, he wants the two candidates who enjoy eating and drinking the most, and doesn't even give them a choice. It's Bruno and Thibaut. They say it's DeCosta's choice, and Papa Bear replies that DeCosta's choice is holy. <laughs> and they drive themselves to the city centre for their challenge. Why was it chosen for them? I don't know, because we see this in episode 6 as well. It's very rare anymore, at least, that Belgian Mole does this, where it's DeCosta's choice. They always give people choices now. Because that impacts your ability to figure out who the mole is if you're not with the mole. you got to have that option to control your destiny a bit. Yeah, because in Jumping Ahead slightly, in episode 6, Hannah becomes the woman in the iron mask, basically, and gets taken to the pigeon cage without any choice. Well, just think of it this way. I mean... Spoilers for next episode, in case people haven't seen episode 6 yet. But we lose Thibaut and Bruno back-to-back, because those guys are never given a chance to be in a group with with the other four a lot of the times. In fact, a very common trio for being in a lot of challenges together is, especially starting with about episode 3, is Hannah, Jill, and Kathy. Because this is... Because they had the the taxi challenge together in the previous round, and then this week it's the three of them painting together. So Papa Bear takes Bruno and Thibaut wine tasting. They get a lesson on wine tasting from Inez, who's a sommelier. Later on, they will have to identify an expensive Argentinian wine instead of cheap ones. What they don't know is that their lunch is being prepared by their girlfriends down below. They have a choice of what to serve their boyfriends, and if the boys identify the food as being prepared by their girlfriends, they will earn an extra thousand euros. And Lean says that if there is anything that reminds Thibaut of her, it's soup. When you eat soup, think of me. (laughs) He just gets a bowl of soup put in front of them and he just starts crying like, oh God, I miss my wife. (laughs) What do you miss most about, what do you miss most about your wife, Thibaut? Oh, her soup. (laughs) Tomato soup. (laughs) Tomato. Ooh, hot verdama. (laughs) What's funny is that over the past year, my uh, my girlfriend has been learning how to cook. And in case the listeners don't know, she's uh, born and raised in the Philippines. She still lives in the Philippines, actually. So if I was on the Argentina season and my girlfriend was in that challenge, I th- I would like to think I would catch on which meal is is hers. It's like, hmm... Huh, I don't remember adobo being that common in Argentina. I think my girlfriend might be in the kitchen making that right now. Being honest, 
Do you think that Bruno and Thibaut were chosen for this challenge because of their girlfriends being the most likely to be identified in the cooking aspect? I think it's probably more due to that. Yeah, maybe the other ones don't cook or don't or don't know how to cook or don't have a signature a signature dish and are any other contestants with spouses for this? Uh, everyone apart from Kathy and Jill are, or girlfriends and boyfriends, because we have Thibaut's girlfriend, Lean, Bruno's girlfriend, Sarah, Hannah's nerdy boyfriend, Tim, and Stein's forgotten girlfriend, Charlotte. So I guess that's a different part is that you got the two oldest guys in the cast, and they've been with their partners the longest out of anybody that's there. I presume they all their girlfriends live together with them. That's That's the impression I got anyway. They said that it's like pretty. It's practically like being being spouses. And the thing is, you can't do this challenge with Kathy because any food that she sees will then remind her of Ava Perone. <laughs> Vita Perone made this. This soup is delicious. It reminds me of Vita Perone. It was the last thing she ate before she died. <laughs> there's there's a pepperoni pizza. Pepperone, pepperone, perone, Avita Perone. <laughs> Can you imagine just every meal with Kathy? <laughs> we are running this joke into the ground and I love it. <laughs> I cannot tell you how much this joke makes me laugh every time. I'm such a child. <laughs> like, it, it shouldn't be this funny, but... The problem is that Kathy is such a weirdo that it's brilliant. Can you figure out V is the Perone? <laughs> no, uh, that's a game where uh, where Kathy wouldn't have to take any notes. Yeah, she'd just do a twenty question quiz on the uh, <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> the actions and identity of Evita Perone. <laughs> Whoever knows least goes home, apart from Evita Perone, who can never go home. <laughs> she under house arrest? You got Evita, sit in the same goddamn chair. You're not allowed to move. Maybe in a past life, uh, Kathy was Evita Perone's jail guard or something. <laughs> yeah. She's just like, you sit in the same chair every day. I'm not letting you move. We can't help her. We gotta let her succumb to the, to the paint bomb. So Thibaut says that his hobbies include wining and dining, and Bruno reluctantly admits that he's been in a wine club for 15 years. Not that they get much um, much spitting done. And Lean says in the kitchen that Thibaut's plan would be to share the money with the group in part, if he won, and then another part with his children. And even if you didn't know that Thibaut was going this episode, you start getting a hell of a lot more Thibaut in this episode, and you go, mm, maybe he's going home. When you think about it, through the first five, or through the first four episodes... We don't really see that much of Thibaut. No, I was having this conversation with Bindles earlier when we were discussing this season, because for the first half of this season, there is only one person in this cast, which is Kathy. Everything goes through Kathy in this first four episodes. As soon as you switch to episode five, it becomes more Jill's story, especially this episode and the next one. The next two episodes are incredibly Jill-centric. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember whether that kind of switches again in episode seven or not, but especially the first four episodes, are framed entirely around Kathy and Kathy adjacent. They never cover anyone apart from Kathy as the centre of attention in those first four episodes. And then it just switches in this episode to Thibaut initially, because he's going home, and Jill. 
the next two episodes are very shield heavy. And then you can argue that for the last couple episodes, it's just for the eventual final three. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember for the life of me what episode seven's story is like. I obviously know who goes home and everything, but I've not rewatched it in years, so I can't remember too much about episode seven. But it's just so weird watching this back and going, these first four episodes, there is no one but Kathy. The next two episodes, there is no one but Jill, apart from a little bit of Thibaut reminding us of who he is before he sods off. And then after that, it just becomes, who is the mole? It's really weird. It's a very interesting way to tell the story of this season, I would say. Yeah, like for the first four episodes, it's not, it's not so much that Kathy gets all the airtime, it's just how people relate to Kathy. Like, Hannah gets gets a lot of airtime because she's the antithesis to Kathy. Yeah, if you think about it, though, pretty much in every episode of the first four, you'll hear someone either talk about Kathy being hella intense or taking too many notes or rubbing people up the wrong way, or you will hear Kathy say, I don't know why everyone hates me so much like we had last week. I made them breakfast. Yeah, because if you look at that Hippodrome challenge, she knew going into that, as soon as she realised what the gimmick was of the challenge, that she was going to get targeted because she is Kathy, and they need to stop her getting an exemption no matter what happens to the pot. They just want her to go home. (laughs) Or confirm she's the mole. Yeah, it's something we talked about last week with, they've started these archetypes already in Argentina, but then you have the twist to the archetypes later on with it being like Hannah being the young girl, but then you have the naivety added on. Or Kathy being the middle-aged woman, but then you have the intensity added on. You never have anyone quite like these characters again, for better or for worse. Well, just because they're on the exact exact polar opposites on the spectrum. But it's a really interesting way for them to tell the story of this season, is to frame it entirely through Kathy in episodes one to four. And it's something I kind of didn't twig until earlier today, that you talk so much about Kathy in those first four episodes because it is her story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like think of all the times we've mentioned Thibode in the first through the first four episodes. It's not much. Yeah, it was basically episode one with him apparently dying on the bridge. It was episode four with him groping Hannah. And then other than that, we've really not talked about Thibaut much. He's been very much a secondary or tertiary character. And he comes to the forefront this episode because it's his boo episode. Yeah, because I was thinking through the first four episodes, like all the the well, all the people who've been eliminated so far, they're a bit more prominent in the early part of the season. And then with Kathy and Hannah and Jill, and we've talked about Stein being the ultra contestant, and then Bruno, where you don't really know what to make of Bruno exactly, where he's trying a bit too hard to be the mole. And then Thibaut is like, he's clumped in as the fina- one of the fanatical players, but he does it so where he doesn't piss people off. Yeah. So yeah, Bruno's been a member of a wine club reluctantly for 15 years. I hear the wine club. The wine club is in the basement of the same building they use for AA. Now, the first rule of wine club is you don't talk about wine club. <laughs> I hear people complain about that rule. The second rule of wine club is you still don't talk about wine club. So yeah, um, I just had a note at the start of this challenge, which is, surely Bruno is a terrible choice for wine tasting, because if you've ever watched Hell's Kitchen, you'll know that it is a thing that when they do a taste test challenge, anyone who smokes is terrible at the taste test, because they have no palate left. Bruno is the worst choice for this challenge of anyone. It's all on Thibaut. 
yeah, basically he has to rely on Thibaut because he has no palate left if he's a smoker. Which actually makes it more interesting that they included him being a smoker last week. Maybe Jills didn't think didn't want them to earn that much money after all. <laughs> Which one, DaCosta or uh, or Van oh. Buhl? <laughs> I guess both. <laughs> Papa Bear. I, I'd sort of guessed as much. I was joking. <laughs> so Papa Bear gives them four wines, one of which is actual garbage and worth less than two euros a bottle. There are two okay ones and one which is a proper wine at more than 200 euros per bottle. If they pick the expensive one, they will earn 2,000 euros for the pots. If they don't, then their wine tasting, which costs 2,000 euros, will be taken out of the pots and whatever they choose will be served at the loved one's dinner that evening, even if it's the actual literal garbage wine. It'd be funny if they like showed how the garbage wine was made and it's a guy stomping on actual garbage being squeezed into a juice. No, it's um, it's the foot wine that uh, was in US Mall. I was thinking that challenge does that too. They've just kept it ever since and um, and brought it over, especially for this challenge. It's the same bottle. Yeah, they've ju- they've just kept it in the cellar for fifteen years. Al's foot has aged like a fine wine. So the first wine that he serves is about twenty euros a bottle. The second wine is the cheapest bottle they could find in Buenos Aires, which is a wonderful description. Literally, we've scoured Buenos Aires and found the cheapest bottle of wine we possibly could. And it retails for €1.50 a bottle. What is it made of? How do you get a bottle of wine with high alcohol content for €1.50? The third wine is also about €20 a bottle, and the fourth wine is the expensive one. And they quite like the second wine. Bruno says that it's neutral, and they both hate the fourth one and agree that it is the garbage one. At which point, Papa Bear pours it away. And it's wonderful as the viewers of this challenge knowing full well that um, that they've made a huge mistake. Especially as you see it being poured out, it's like, no! <laughs> Do you think Papa Bear would have poured it out if it was any other bottle? I don't think he would. I think he did it just for the comic effect. <laughs> he should, no, it, uh, what would have been even funnier is to pour it on the grass. Yeah, this is our one euro fifty fertilizer. Also, you believe <laughs> this? It's, this the bottle was actually fertilizer, or maybe just maybe they're using it as a secret ingredient to beat coronavirus, and Trump's getting people to inject themselves with it. Yeah, ingest it. Yeah, drink it. It's the same stuff from Jonestown. If it's bleach, then you earn two thousand euros for the pot. <laughs> Everyone drinks their dinner. <laughs> Well, I guess I won't be having soup again. <laughs> do, 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 do. If there's one thing that reminds me of my girlfriend, it's drinking bleach. <laughs> it goes with her soup dinner. So they choose bottle number three as the wine that will be served, and Papa Bear refuses to tell them whether they're successful till dinner or not, because he wants them to find out in front of their girlfriends. <laughs> and then their lunch gets served. So it is filmed with hidden cameras. And Thibaut says that if he ends up in the finale against Bruno, Kathy, and Jill, he'll lose because of their note-taking ability. And at what point did Bruno start taking notes? Because he was definitely in the uh, the we-don't-take-notes group at the start of the season. I guess after Mark's execution. Maybe he got woken up to that fact. <laughs> really? Huh. The guy who didn't bring a pen went home right after a woman got paint the, the paintball woman. Maybe I should t- change my strategy. So the previous night, Thibaut says that he dreamt that Gilles was the mole and he dreamt that he was doing another challenge. 
and their girlfriends watch downstairs, Bruno says that he enjoys that they eat and drink so well on the trip the most. He doesn't really care about, you know, finding the mould, he just wants to eat and drink nice things. Yeah, I've always wanted to drink a 200 euro bottle of wine. And Thibaut ends up being more concerned with the wine that he spilt on his white t-shirt, rather than the soup that his girlfriend lovingly spent two hours making. And Bruno ends up pouring white wine on him to try and fix it. The main course is a scallop salad prepared by Bruno's girlfriend. He doesn't recognise his girlfriend's handiwork either, so no thousand euro bonus, and we actually find out when they meet up with their girlfriends that Thibaut hates scallops anyway. Hmm. That's awkward. So while the boys are whining and dining, Hannah, Kathy, Jill and Stein are sent to an art gallery. And there are three easels, but four people, so Stein is sent upstairs. And he has three pictures to describe over the walkie-talkie to them. The others must paint replicas within 30 minutes. Stein must describe carefully, as later they will be hung in a gallery of 30 paintings. And Bruno and Thibaut must pick which paintings their efforts were based off of. And he describes one of the paintings as a troll on a horse, and it doesn't get any better for the artist after that. Stein went from being too detailed, and they said, no, 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 there's no way we're going to get all that if you're that detailed. We're not, we're not expert painters. And then it ended up being way too vague, and then Stein messed up right from left. It's like, well, it's right hand if you look at the picture. It's right hand if you're facing the picture. You just have to remember that it's everything's in mirror. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's right hand as long as you remember that it's left hand. And yet again, as you pointed out earlier, Kathy, Hannah, and Jill are left as a team. And Kathy and Hannah end up acting out the painting that Stein describes for Jill of the tango dancing couple. And Stein has trouble describing the jockey, and he settles for a South American troll with a moustache. This is a caricature! (laughs) And Kathy's painting is described as having a baby with the face of a 45-year-old on it. And Stein gives a quite detailed description of the colours, but they struggle to work out how to mix colours given that they get five basic colours and have to mix the rest of them. Because I think they get red, blue, yellow, black and white, if I remember rightly. The three primary colours in the presence of all colours and the absence of all colours. And with half of the time gone, Kathy only has a brown square on her canvas, Hannah has a horse but it's facing the wrong way, and Jill ends up using his fingers. And he's painting the colours the wrong way round, but Stein realises it's quick enough. And Stein realises with three seconds left that Hannah has painted hers the wrong way round, at which point Bruno and Thibaut get to go into the gallery. This is the first time that Stein's not done so well on a challenge this season. It is, and yet they still earn the money somehow. I guess he didn't completely ruin the descriptions. No, Stein's descriptions were actually quite good from what we saw. It's just the fact that he was having to dictate to probably the three moldiest contestants left. Yeah. And I mean, he did mess. He did. He messed up the hands, but that's like, I can imagine being in that situation where there's a lot of money on the line, a lot of pressure, and it's all on you to relay the descriptions. And you're like, oh yeah, I guess it's. I'm looking at the picture I see right hand, but yeah, I guess if you're looking from the perspective of the person in the painting, who's not even a real person, then yeah, then it's going to be left hand. Yeah, nothing in this challenge should make you ever doubt that Stein is not the mole. I would say. <laughs> So Bruno and Thibaut get a gallery with 10 examples for each of the paintings. They have to identify the originals to earn the group 3,000 euros, and they get 10 minutes and 3 chances. And it's very interesting that those two were chosen for the Wining and Dining Challenge, because they have control over two different challenges and a lot of money between them. There are 6,000 euros at stake purely from them in this challenge. 
So if one of them is the mole, there is a really easy way to lose them a lot of money in this challenge. That's true. 6,000 euros. That's pretty hefty. That's actually a lot of money for uh, a Belgian mole or a Vidim challenge. Yeah, that is the equivalent of about a little over half of an entire Vidim pot. <laughs> it's in the hands of Bruno and Thibaut, of all people. I guess you don't want the mole in that role. So, with five minutes left, they've still not made a guess, and they finally make it with three minutes to go and get one correct, which is Kathy's Madonna picture. And, of course, Kathy went for the Madonna picture because it reminds her of Vita Perone. Right. It's a clue. And the second guess is somehow correct, so they earn 3,000 euros of possible 3,000 for the challenge. How'd they get it on the second guess? That, that, that was impressive. Well, it was the birds on Hannah's one, I think. Oh, yeah, they did mention the birds. What'd they say about Jill's painting? I don't lucky know. Lucky guess? Yeah, I think it was a lucky... I think Jill's one was a lucky guess. I think Stein had told Hannah to draw seven birds, so... That's a very specific quantity. Mm. That is how you win this sort of a challenge, is you have to find the points of real detail and make it work. And then Papa Bear brings in the four remaining loved ones. Stein recounts his llama catching successes. Tippo talks about everyone thinking he was dead on the bridge. And Hannah's boyfriend is asked the bottle puzzle from episode one and solves it straight away. Nerd. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, well, yeah, you just... I guess you take the straw and then you just blow... Start blowing. Blow into what? Well, into the bottle. Like, I'm not a dumbass. <laughs> they broke up right after the season. So yeah, that evening they're taken to a tango club for their meal, and Papa Bear announces that the top wine was the one that he poured away, but they, they still have okay wine, and it's not something that he found in Carrefour. He should have brought out the bucket. Does anybody want this? This bucket is worth over 200 euros. We can't let this go to waste. It may or may not have a little bit of Thibaut and Bruno spit in it, not gonna lie. But that spittle is worth 200 euros. So yeah, them making Papa Bear pour the good wine away means that they lose 2,000 euros or possible 3,000 from the pot. And then everyone discusses what they like about their loved ones in confessionals, except David, who, as Kathy's brother, talks about how Kathy will do anything to win, like we didn't know that already. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Kathy's brother says, actually, there used to be two brothers. <laughs> we don't talk about what happened to the other brother. But Kathy did eat one of them in the womb. <laughs> there was a twin. He didn't make it. It's like Dwight K. Schrute. <laughs> that was what I was referencing. Um, <laughs> and in the now traditional confessionals, all the loved ones are asked whether their candidate could be the mole. And Lean and David say yes, they could be. Charlotte and Tim say no. And Elsa and Sarah say maybe. And apparently Gilles has refused to tell his mother whether he was the mole or not. And on day 13, they wake up with their loved ones and take a boat to the Tigre Delta in the afternoon. And something very interesting that actually plays into the next couple of episodes is that somehow Hannah has ended up having her hand strapped up. Maybe she tried to make the soup, or she got really carried away with tango. Speaking of which, Stein! I did not know Stein could tango. I don't remember Stein tangoing. Wasn't that him that they show at the end of the tango scene? No, it was just the, um, it was just the experts, I think. Oh, the guy looked like Stein. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> that's fine doing the tango with his girlfriend. So, Papa Bear takes them to an abandoned holiday park and announces that yet again someone could leave the island with an exemption. Only one person will get the chance at the exemption, and that is entirely dictated by their loved ones. 
In the old swimming pool, the loved ones must solve a 10 grand puzzle to spell out the words Demol. Whoever completes it first wins their candidate a chance at the exemption. The candidates can run to the back of the pool to see where the pieces should be. And with the exception of basically Jill and his mum, nobody does well on this challenge. I like how Papa Bear says, well, the three people are in it are Jill's, Kathy, and Stein. Bruno and Thibaut are, or Bruno's kind of in it. And then Thibaut and Hannah are out of it. But then you see the actual boards and Jill's and his mom absolutely demolish this challenge. Yeah, there is absolutely no way that anyone other than Jill was going to win that. Older people tend to do well with putting puzzles together, like spatially. They, that's just what people used to did as a hobby more frequently before technology really took over. Do you think she looks a little bit like Katrine from the Mexico season? Hmm. I'd have to go back. I'd have to do a side by side comparison. She looks a lot like Katrine from the um, from the Mexico season. It's obviously not because we'd have known about it by now if it was. All Belgians look alike. She really does look a lot like Katrine. So yeah, Thibaut and his girlfriend have a bit of a domestic, and that actually continues after the challenge. And Jill wins the first part of the challenge surprisingly, and becomes in control of the second. And I actually put before I remembered that Jill wins this uh, first part of the challenge that I think Jill and Kathy are a bit of a disadvantage here because they're with family members rather than significant others. Although, they can shout at their family members a lot more than they can shout at their respective boyfriends or girlfriends. That is so true, and they were the top two for this challenge. I think it's because there is a completely different relationship between loved ones and people in a relationship because you do have to actually acknowledge your sins in a relationship. There's long-term consequences if you're a real asshole to your, your your partner, to your spouse, where it's like, yeah, there could, like, after you get back home, they're like, wow, you did not treat me well at that challenge. I hope you brought somewhere between 10 and 20,000 euros home with you. Yeah. And then with, with having family members there for a challenge where you can just, where it's beneficial to shout at somebody you know, no matter what, that status can't change. Yeah, because you can't really get rid of family unless, you know, there's a lawsuit involved. Yeah. So in the second part, Jill stands on the roof of a building and has to try and snipe everyone else as they run past him. Each of them is carrying an envelope, one containing the exemption that he needs to win. And for each of them that runs through the course and past the exit without being shot, they will earn a thousand euros for the pot. I guess the lesson here is... Maybe when you go on Belgian Mall, have a family member come out instead of your spouse, because that exemption can prove to be very valuable. Yeah, and who else was actually going to come out for Kathy? It was either her brother or maybe her kids. <laughs> Shut out her kid! <laughs> and her kids having to sit there in a abandoned Argentinian uh, holiday park, seeing their mother get shot by paintballs, probably isn't the look they want for a first rebooted season. <laughs> You have an eight-year-old there just bawling their eyes out at seeing their mum get shot and the screen going red. Are the bullets real? Actually, thinking about it, imagine having Kathy as your mum and playing like board games with her. Because of how intense she is in this, she would not want to lose any sort of board game at home. You have bo- Boardwalk and Park Place? Flip! Just ima- imagine her playing chess or checkers just going, this is bullshit, you can't take my king. <laughs> 
You said checkmate, but you never said check before. This whole game is ruined. You didn't even sit in the same seat at the coffee table the whole time. You shifted over one chair when Grandpa came into the room. What is that? How am I supposed to keep track of everybody? Do you like seeing me this way? So Stein is obviously the first person to go on the course, and he runs headfirst into a tree and then gets shot. Is he George of the Jungle? <laughs> George, George, George of the Jungle, watch out for that tree. Oh. Hot for Dama. But my favourite thing of this entire challenge is watching Jill's mum in this challenge because she is obviously a very proud mother and every time he shoots one of his competitors, she just cheers and can't help herself. It's so funny. Way to go, honey. Way to shoot your friends. Way to rip and tear until the job is done. I've never been so proud to see my boy handle a gun like that. And then Kathy is up second. She manages to streak her mask pretty badly. And then Jill just shoots her straight after. This is one of those rare paintball games where it is over super quick because Jill is a sharp shooter on that paintball gun. I will say that only the only time that anybody succeeded when, when it was Bruno's turn, he was the only one to use the strategy that he did. Everyone else, you could argue, used a pretty bad strategy where they stopped every few feet, which allowed Jill's to realign his gun probably send out a few paintball shots that didn't make the edit due to time and know and get his aim down and just wait for the person to come out and know how to just really slowly during their uh, brief sprints. What Bruno did was he ran the entire time so Jills could not stop to refocus where the gun needed to be. Jills wasn't allowed to take a break, so he had to keep shooting wildly, n- not being able to focus or concentrate on his accuracy yeah and it's pretty bad if you think about it on paper bruno is probably the biggest target of the um of the group here because yeah obviously anyone in that position would aim for kathy because they just want to take her out and stop her winning anything but bruno is definitely tall and he's definitely quite uh, quite wide and he's not that fast well like when you see stein move Stein is like Speedy Gonzalez when you see him go. If you, on paper, just looked at these people, you would probably guess that Bruno is the most likely to get caught. But because Bruno sprints, Bruno cannot get caught. And that is the only way to win this challenge, I think. Yeah, just don't stop because... Yeah, never stop stopping. Never stop and never stopping, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, Jill's just didn't... Couldn't reload... Maybe not even so much reload, but yeah, there's there wasn't like, oh, this person stopped, now I can I know exactly where to point my gun for when they come out and to make very subtle movement. If somebody just keeps running down all the time, you have to just keep firing and firing and firing and not knowing not not being able to have a frame of reference for your accuracy in little sections. Yeah, and the the other problem here for Kathy in particular, is that because the paintballs were red, that reminded her of Casa Rosada. Casa Rosada is, of course, the presidential palace, so that reminded her of Vita Peron, and she was just distracted and got shot. Yeah, like Hannah, and then Stein to a lesser extent, and Kathy, they all just made it too easy for Jill's, because it's essentially like, Jill's only has to aim within, say, a two-by-two grid at a time, as opposed to Bruno, where you have to fire at like an 11-by-11 grid all the way through. Yeah, Bruno surprisingly had the right tactic here. And the good thing is that Thibaut does actually manage to do this entire challenge without fainting, so that's a new personal best for him. 
Who was the earliest to get shot? Kathy? Um, yeah, I th- I, it's got to be Kathy, I think. And Stein, I was surprised. Stein made the same mistake that he did with the Switch challenge, where he was right by the end, and then he just didn't really move. He, it's like he freezes up or chokes. I think Stein in this challenge probably had an issue with the fact that he ran headfirst into a tree and probably had a bit of a concussion. <laughs> That's true, too. That probably messed him up slightly. But yeah, Stein... I'm not sure whether at this point in the season Stein goes, maybe I'm not making myself moly enough. Maybe Stein goes, yeah, maybe I don't need to win every challenge, personally. Thing is, though, is that by that point, I mean, no one's going to say it to his face, but it's like he he didn't accept the fact that no one was ever going to think he was the mole for the rest of the season. Oh yeah, I'm not even remotely defending his tactic. I'm just saying that if I were Stein, that's probably how I would think at this point in the season. Like, I've done quite well. I've earned a lot of money personally. I think I need to take a step back and try and, you know, make at least somebody suspect me. How often do you think people change like their one or two suspects once it gets down to six players in the game? Other other than like your suspect being executed? I think, as Bruno said a few episodes ago, you need to get to the point where you are pretty locked in on someone soon. But what's usually the standard rule of thumb? Once you get down to five, once you're down to six, six players, you should have two suspects. And then once you get down to five, you should probably be down to one suspect. I would say, depending on the group, you can probably get away with waiting until Final Four to be down on one person. Final Four, you definitely need to be down on one person. And the Final Five, it's tough because, I mean, it really depends if everyone else is locked in as the, on the right suspect or not. Yeah, w- weirdly, it kind of matches the um, the rules that we had for the Greece uh, suspicions list because we started off with having three for the first three weeks, I think it was, and then the next three weeks, you could only have two. And then at Final Four, you had to go down to one. So I think that kind of roughly matches where you should be if you're a player, at least in an average season. Obviously, there are things that impact this if you have a really sneaky mole you're probably not going to work out who it is until final four or final three maybe if you're on a season where only one person works out the mole final three ain't guaranteed that you're going to pick the right person on a really easy season like one of the dutch ones a few years ago where everyone worked it out from episode two you need to lock down pretty sharpish to survive but on an average season i'd say you can get away maybe up until about week three or four for three suspects up until about week five or six for two suspects, and then at Final Four, you've got to lock it in. So so with Dutch Mole, was there, like, the contestants themselves all knew who the mole was by week two? Well, all the audience definitely did, but it was one of the more obvious moles. This isn't the sort of season that we're going to cover, because it wasn't the best season anyway. It certainly wasn't my favourite one. But yeah, it was a pretty obvious mole, and I was locked in on, on that mole from, like, week two or three. Yeah, who's been the most obvious mole so far in uh, Belgium? Mole? I guess, I guess the Mexico season, where was it the entire final five all locked in on it? Five or six? No, Pascal wasn't actually. Pascal was still wrong. Pascal was still on the wrong person at final four. She went home not knowing who it was. Well, well, she she was on she was on Peter, but she changed her mind because of the whistling. She did have Peter. She did have Peter before the whistling. I thought. I'm just trying to think. When did ever? Who was the last person to go home who didn't suspect Elizabeth? Oh yeah, Elizabeth. Yeah, um... 
I think Elizabeth probably because definitely Axe and um, Axe and Bass were on her. Yuri was. Yuri, Yuri was. Yeah, I think most most people in Belgium kind of lock in about final five normally. Who's fifth? Cat was fifth. Did Cat figure out it was Elizabeth? Was she the last person to go home without figuring it out? I can't remember. I can't remember if she was like she was too close to friends with Elizabeth that she didn't suspect it was her. I don't think she suspected her. I think she was the last person to go home without suspecting Elizabeth. Yeah, so Final Four definitely all did. What's funny though is that even with the Final Four all suspecting Elizabeth, that what was it? Boss told us that on the final quiz, he was very close to switching to Axel. <laughs> So yeah, Bruno is the only person to get through, so they earn a thousand euros of possible five thousand for the challenge. Thibaut, Hannah, and Kathy all have empty envelopes, but Steins contains the exemption, and Jill is safe at the execution. And that gives us a total of two thousand euros of a possible eleven thousand for the episode, and twenty-seven thousand of a possible sixty-eight thousand for the season so far. That's not bad. It's not bad this episode. Remember what you just said when we record next episode. Alright, because it's the subway challenge, the pizza hostage, and the past Reagan debacle. Yeah, they don't win anything next week, do they? So, at the final dinner with their loved ones, Jill's mum said she wouldn't influence him, but half an hour later was giving him advice on who to suspect. And before the test, they say adios to their loved ones, and nearly leave Jill's mum behind. Yeah. And it is now time for the test. 20 questions on the identity and actions of the mole. Whoever knows least goes home. Apart from the mole, who can never go home? Jill is also safe this week due to his exemption. Bruno says that Thibaut influenced him at the wine challenge. Hannah also says that Thibaut is constantly somewhere on her list. Thibaut is taking Stein off his list despite him being young and dangerous. Kathy says that it's weird that neither Bruno or Thibaut recognise their favourite food. Stein says he told Kathy her painting had no legs, but she painted legs and feet. And Jill says it's nice to have the exemption, and it's nice for his mum to know that she can go home and that he's safe for two more days. And Bruno thinks that he's on the right track. And Papa Bear rubs the salt in by saying they underperformed this episode, adding only €2,000 to the pot. Either they are getting a bit tired, or the mole is beginning to be on good form. And at the execution, Hannah gets a green screen before Thibaut is next to go home. I guess his instinct was wrong. <laughs> I thought he had it figured out from the second episode. From the first episode. From the first episode, yeah. He said in test number one that he knew exactly who it was and that it was Ruth. Spoiler alert, it still wasn't Ruth. <laughs> Jill is shocked because the most fanatical candidates usually go far. Hannah says that she had fun with him, but he always pushed the boundaries a little bit. And then, if this was a later season, they would have accompanied that quote by the image of him groping Hannah last week. But they didn't. At least they didn't include the image of, uh, of of Mark groping Hannah. Yeah, but Mark did it at a safe distance whilst cocooned in his sleeping bed just to be safe, because he was around Jill, and he didn't want to give him any ideas. This was pre-sleeping bag Mark. <laughs> but it's not because he's gay, he just does this around any other guys. <laughs> Safely cocooned in a sleeping bag. And Bruno says that Thibaut was a really nice guy. And Thibaut says he's not that disappointed to go home, but he is a bit surprised. And Papa Bear said he was always confident. Stein describes him as the Inspector Morse of the group, always looking for clues. Dash dot dot dash dot dot. Hashtag Tibbo no mole. We should note that when a contestant is described as fanatical on the season, it means that they're in possession of a pen. Yeah, in this season at least, as long as you have a pen, you can be described as fanatical. <laughs> looking at you, Mark. 
So next time, Hannah is trapped in a pigeon cage, Bruno and Kathy run alike, Papa Bear offers some yokers up, Bruno overeats, Jill has to run, and everyone gets put behind a two-way mirror. Prepare yourselves for the best episode of the season next week, because it is a really good episode, episode six. It's too bad we can't talk about the mole's actions quite yet, because this was a... We, we, when we interviewed Papa Bear... This was a big topic of uh, discussion when we were interviewing him is with things that went on the next episode. Yeah, something tells me that the next uh, the next episode will be a rather major topic in a few weeks when we do the uh, the last episode of the season and actually talk about who the mole is. Yeah, because it's a case study on what happens when a mole makes a mistake. Yeah. So have you got any last words for Thibaut before we send him to the Mexico coffin in the sky? Do you think his girlfriend broke up with him after realizing that he was not a fan of her cooking? I think they probably had some um, some quite blunt conversation when he got home, especially as they were basically shouting at each other in the swimming pool. I guess it show. Uh, I like how he asks for the smaller plate of food, and then and then she's like, "Yeah, he's not a big eater." <laughs> it's like that's a that's a good lie, Tibba. Way to way to go. That is a good lie. You know what, honey? I am just not a big eater. I'm going to take this really small plate. I'm just not a big eater. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I have done that before. You know I am I am a big eater, and I have done that before when the food was horrible. Not with a loved one, thankfully. It's it's just it's basic politeness, and especially if you're with your spouse, too, and they go through that effort of cooking for you, you're not going to say... Yeah, I'm not a big fan of this. This wasn't very good. You have to say things like, oh, thanks thanks for the meal. I'm just going to grab a smaller meal. Oh, it reminds me of one quick story where cause my sister usually makes the birthday cakes for each for everyone's birthday. And there's this one time or a couple times where she experimented with making vanilla cakes and they didn't taste the best. And yeah, I just had the one piece because I usually have like, three pieces or or more are they like oh yeah just yeah just finish off this cake and and then i just had the one piece i'm like oh yeah uh i i had a lot of food at dinner you know with the or with like chips and salsa or the salad and other stuff and then everyone just pauses and they're all like you don't like the cake do you (laughs) it's like i guess i guess if i go from three pieces down to one for a birthday dinner that kind of telegraphs how I feel about the cake. Unless it's pie. Pie, everyone knows where I stand with pie. <laughs> <laughs> I hate all pie. I won't be hanging out with Charlie Parker. I'll say that. Richard Parker. Richard Parker. Was Thibaut at the um, the finale last year? Yes. Yeah, he was. I know I'm going to ask this for everyone, but I can remember, I can remember all the final six apart from Kathy were... Well, Kathy's still in Greece. Yeah, Kathy definitely wasn't there. I think everyone else in the final six was. I couldn't remember whether Thibaut was. Thibaut definitely was, because he's very distinct looking to me. Yeah. I remember Bruno was. Stein, I think we had a conversation with. Hannah, we definitely did. Gilles, we definitely did. And then Kathy wasn't there. Booba wasn't there either. No, not this time. He was going to come this year because he heard you wanted to meet him, but sadly, coronavirus put a stop to that. (laughs) (sighs) I'll never meet Booba. Just ring your boyfriend off, I'm sure he can get his number. <laughs> hey Booba, you'll never know how I got your number. 
I'll give you a clue. You might be able to hear him in the background. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening to our Demol Velti recap. We'll be back next time to continue the hunt for the mole in Argentina. Don't forget, you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, where we are RTV Warriors, or you can email us at contact at rtvwarriors.com. Logan's on Twitter at logsuperquacky, and I'm MJ Harmstone. See you next week. Peace out and just chill till the next of flavoring.